This is more than my life story. It's more than a podcast. More than a coming out. More story. than a tra- more than a journey of self. More than a story about more than a change. More than a more than a desperate more than a parent. More than an opportunity. More than a decent. More than a boy becoming a girl. This is more than Mimi. Prologue. More than isolation. In the year 2012, there was a group of people who believed that the world was destined to end then and there. Specifically, on December 12, 2012. They thought this apparently because of a lot of mental gymnastics involving an ancient calendar built by the Mayan civilization long ago, a prediction by the famed astrologist Nostradamus, an alignment of the planets and various celestial bodies that held some sort of very trivial, very human significance. Most of us thought this was a very silly line of reasoning. And 12-12-2012 came and went without so much as a dying fart. And everyone who believed in this farcical end-of-days conspiracy was proved wrong. We joked, we laughed, everyone returned to life as usual. But it turns out, they were right. In December of 2012, the world did, in fact, end. The only little caveat to that is that the world only ended for me. For everyone else on Earth, time continued to just move on like normal. Uh, Other worldwide disasters came and went, and many humans did die, as they tend to do over time, but nothing on a world-ending apocalyptic scale occurred. Uh, Just mine. It's like my time froze, then and there. I was time-locked in place, cut off from moving forward with the rest of the world, doomed. I had a few years left to live, but what I was doing wasn't really living. Actually, I had yet to really be born. Looking back now, I know exactly what it was I did that made the world end. I put myself in a bad situation for all the wrong reasons, and I hoped that it would work out, but I didn't know I was actually isolating myself, locking me into a timeline that would end in a disaster for me, starting the end of me. In the process of shutting down, each day brought more and more darkness into my life until I couldn't see the road ahead of me anymore. The end of the world, the end of my world, it's all the same. If ever there truly was a world-ending disaster, then I married it. I sealed my own fate, or so I thought. But when I found myself in total darkness, I knew I must find the light, or perish slowly in silent agony. Uh, metaphorically, of course, I'm, I'm not at all religious, uh, more of a skeptic in nature, But then, miraculously, in 2020, I entered the lowest rung of hell, total darkness, unlimited sadness, my final isolation, a transitionary period, one that I hoped would not have to last for very long. The miracle? I did it. I broke free from the hell that I was trapped in. I smashed the entire system and I escaped. I lived and died and then lived again. I was, in a sense, reborn, birthed from isolation. It was unbelievably difficult, the toughest challenge of my life. There was some seriously sad times ahead, and joyous ones, too. I'd never imagined that I would have some of these experiences, not in any of my wildest fantasies. I was even dangerously close to living a normal life there for a moment, but hey, That's just what we call adventure. This is that story. The story of how I became more than me.
More Than Mimi, episode one, More Than Gender. This part's called More Than Interior, Mimi's house. Abby does a final sweep of the house. Having gathered up a couple of garbage bags full of kids' clothes, she plopped them down near the front door as she put on her jacket. Abby. Okay, that's about all of it. I'll be back on Thursday to get that coffee table and TV. Mimi. Okay, can I say goodbye to the girls one more time? Abby. The girls are asleep in the car. You already said goodbye to them. Mimi. I know, but that was like ten minutes ago. Abby picks up the bags and opens up the front door. Abby, if you find out anything about your job, let me know right away. And you have my mom's phone number, right? They'll be watching the kids for the next few months while I'm at work. Make sure you always text her before you show up to pick up the girls. Mimi, yeah, yeah, I know. Abby, and another thing, don't show up to my parents' house while you're cross-dressing. You shouldn't be doing it around my children, and you shouldn't be doing it around my parents. Mimi, yeah, okay, whatever, goodbye. Abby, okay, well, goodbye, Mimi watched Abby go. Get in her new car, the one they just went together to purchase not more than a week ago, and drive off, taking with her their two daughters. Down the street, make a left turn, away from sight. Mimi walks away from the windows in the front of her house, paces slowly through an empty hallway, empty dining room, empty kitchen, empty living room, all quiet. It starts with a twitch of the upper cheek, a tightening of the eyelids, but her tears start flowing as Mimi finally breaks down, sobbing, alone. Hi, I'm Mimi. I lived most of my life so far as but I changed it to Michelle on the divorce. I'm what most people would call a trans woman, on a queer little journey of self-discovery, or something like that. I know it sounds really sad right now, but I promise I do turn it all around. And I want to share my story to help others who may have suffered like I did. Transitioning is a lengthy process and one that can really only begin when one is ready to change their identity on something of a life-altering scale. It's definitely not a decision to be taken lightly, unless you really, really don't like yourself. And that's how Mitchell was feeling when he decided to make a go at becoming Mimi. But in trying to gain one thing, he had to sacrifice much more. The road to becoming fully recognized as a she would take dedication and courage and sadness. Lots and lots of sadness. But then, had always felt a lingering sadness that he tried pushing down and bottling up. A sadness over the life he'd been given, not quite living up to what he'd secretly longed for. Dreams left unpursued. A life on autopilot. And as Mimi stood there, miserably weeping for the wife and children moving out, it was the knowledge that she was no longer confined to that alternate identity known as that brought her some comfort. Mimi would now have the possibility for a future as something more than Now, she could be Mimi. This next part is called More Than Identity. There was a question burning inside of Mimi that had eluded her for most of her adult life. Just who was Mimi, exactly? Even Mimi herself did not know. The concept of identity was one she thought about a lot. It was directly tied into how others saw her and how she would be treated in most social circles. And for a long, long time, Mimi had not been enjoying the socializing process with her male peers of the past. A male identity did not suit her personality to its fullest, as it turned out. 
And before one can identify comfortably as a woman publicly, one must learn how to feel confident internally as their desired gender identity. Confusing is what it all was. No wonder cisgender people lose their minds trying to sort out all of this. Why some outright reject it. It was much easier to explain as a mental illness, an affliction one could simply rid themselves of with enough time and training and conversion therapy. Ha! If only it were that simple. But you cannot convert or elude your own identity. It's ballsy of those who say our identities are not legitimate to deny us our trans identities and claim there is substantial proof that what we're doing is amoral or perverted. They do this as we stand there before them, our very existence seemingly proving the opposite. Of course, when we look as Mimi did in those first few months of transitioning, it's not difficult to see why our identities might not be taken seriously. When you identify as a woman but appear mostly masculine, society don't like that. And when you live in a conservative-leaning neighborhood of a metro-adjacent small-town community with nosy neighbors no more than 20 paces outside your front door, you're going to obsess just a little bit about how you're presenting yourself in public. You know, your identity. The thing that Mimi was having such a hard time with. She'd spent so much time playing the character that she hadn't really given the extensive thought that her new identity as a Mimi would require. For one thing, there was an element that was entirely separate from the transgender aspect of it. Mimi had always identified as gender non-binary for most of her life, though that took a long time to understand even for her. Another potentially confusing concept for the more binarily inclined. And that created a lot of uncertainties and anxieties in Mimi. A lot more confusion. More to consider when planning one's gender identity. That is, assuming, of course, that one feels the need to plan their gender identity rather than, say, confidently and adequately express themselves naturally without any sort of internal conflict or questioning. To be certain, there were typically three common traits one could find when examining the transgender community. Most of us will go through several phases or stages of learning how to express our gender identities properly. We were all at one point or time any combination of these three things. Curious, confused, and questioning. Please allow me to explain. First up, curious. The natural trait of humanity to contemplate many things, both familiar and foreign. To experiment by way of acquiring or experiencing new data and expand one's understanding in that area. Second, confused. When confronted with data that changes our worldviews, we can have positive or negative reactions that differ wildly. This stage is often frustrating for us and our loved ones as we struggle to discover what all of this means to us and who we are. It doesn't always go away. Third is questioning. What does this all mean to me, to us, to our identities? How does it make me feel? And how can I use this information to better understand myself? And what will I do with that knowledge? Mimi could write an entire book on it, and frankly, after everything she'd come to learn about gender identities, she might. Still, until she'd actually experienced some of that queer lifestyle she kept learning more and more about and fantasizing about for herself, it'd be a book not many people would want to buy. Identity politics, am I right? And with it all came a lot of private stress and anxieties. Depression, low self-esteem, thoughts of self-harm. 
the inability to see a happy future. None of this was publicly broadcast, of course. As far as Mimi's identity went, society interpreted her as just another lucky cisgendered white male. Single father, the bachelor dad, recently re-entering the dating pool. Woohoo! Look out, ladies. That was her identity anyway, but she was going to change that. It may take a year, or years, likely, but she would one day be publicly acknowledged as a woman. And not just a common variety woman, she wanted to be a badass chick. Beautiful, powerful, inspiring, a beacon for trans girls everywhere, an educator of the cisgendered, a socialite with charisma and a small following, mostly consisting of like-minded individuals. (laughs) That was the fantasy idea Mimi constructed anyway. The tricky part would be properly establishing it all. And in order to start her gender transition and identity change properly and start manifesting some of these fantasies or delusions, depending on who you ask, Mimi had to make major changes to her lifestyle. It wouldn't be enough to just look like a girl. She should probably figure out how to start acting like one, changing or just outright ridding herself of old habits that she'd spent 30 years forming. Starting some new ones, establishing routines, and pursuing all the necessary changes for things she knew that she should be doing to advance her transition. Yes, this identity change project was a go! And Mimi had years of experiences, things she could have likely and would have done at a young age had she been born the female she really was. Now that the doors of gender were opening, she could finally experiment to the fullest. She could find the real Mimi. Interior, Mimi's house. Mimi sits at her dining room table. Stacks of bills and financial papers litter the tabletop. Her checkbook is open. Pen in hand, she scribbles out a hasty mortgage check. Mimi, $900? That's not bad, right? That's less than I'd pay for an apartment if I were to move. Oh, I should probably sell this place and move closer to my kids. Mimi's cell phone makes a sound that indicates an incoming call. She picks it up and sees it's her sister calling. She answers. Mimi, hey, $900 for a mortgage. Do you think that's good? I'm not good with numbers, you know that, and math and money. Abby did all the bill paying, you know. Marin, yeah, I don't know. It's all based on how much you put down on the house and how much you still have to pay and your income, which is currently doing okay, right? Mimi, yeah, I'm on furlough. It's kind of nice to have the government paying us to stay home. Almost like they care. Marin, I know, amazing, right? How did yesterday go? Are Abby and the kids fully moved out now or what? Mimi, she's still got to come back for a few things. Some furniture and kitchen stuff. Split up the kids' toys. Uh, She's coming over next week for all of that. But otherwise, yeah, they're all out and gone. Marin, oh, well, I'm sorry. I know that's got to be tough. Mimi, yeah, it's weird. It's just so quiet here now. I was so used to never being alone here, and now it's going to be like the exact opposite. Marin, have you guys set a court date yet? Like, when is the divorce final? Mimi, we've got maybe one more round of mediation, which we've been doing online through a Zoom call. If we can get all the details worked out and solidified, then we'll submit it to the courts and go before a judge. Also, on a Zoom call, technology is so awesome. We have the ability to make everything so much more quicker and efficient. Marin, cool, so that'll all be over by the summer, you think? Mimi, hopefully. Who knows with this pandemic? Marin, well, you know, some would say that there really isn't even a pandemic and it's all an elaborate plot to cripple our economy. Mimi, who? Our mom? Both laugh. 
Marin, speaking of, have you talked to her lately? What'd she say about you and Abby splitting up? Mimi, she's actually coming up this weekend. I'll speak to her in depth about it then. So uh, I've got that to look forward to at least. In the background, Marion's kids could be heard screaming about whatever cartoon they were watching, and it became clear to Mimi that they were calling from the car. Marin, quiet down back there! Hey, I'm about to drop the kids off at daycare. I'll talk to you later tonight, okay? Mimi, okay, sounds good. Later then. Marin, okay, hey, kids, say goodbye to Uncle Mimi ends the call. She's painfully aware of the important conversation she still needs to have with her sister, with her entire family. They think the divorce is the biggest development in her life. Well, they won't think that after she brings them all up to speed on her gender transition. She had yet to introduce her own family to Mimi. Imagine that. Her own family had never actually met her. Mimi finishes up writing checks and stuffing envelopes. She writes her dead name so many times she starts to consider what it might be like being able to sign a new name on something. Exterior, Mimi's house. Mimi creeps out the front door slow, first propping the door slightly ajar and poking her head out. No neighbors in sight. She steps out onto the concrete slab of stairs and down the front patio. It's 20 feet to her mailbox. She speedwalks there and stuffs the outgoing mail in her box like Shaq dunking on the court. A sudden neighbor appears. Neighbor, I'm Mimi grumbles inaudibly. Mimi, hey Bert. Neighbor, what you up to? Mimi, just mailing some bills, Bert. Mimi waves her neighbor away and stalks back inside. She supposed someday she would have to update her neighbors about all the changes in her life. Right now, she could barely imagine telling her own family. The next part's called More Than Family. Mimi had a family she could rely on for support. Sort of. None of them really had any experience or knowledge of what any of this would mean. None of them would expect this kind of update from him. Her sister was the first family member she told about her transition. They'd always been the closest of their siblings growing up, so she was pretty much on board with giving her full support from the get-go, more or less. Mimi had to tell her via text messages. She could have told her over the phone in one of their conversations or during a visit, but this was a process Mimi was unfamiliar with, and definitely still uncomfortable in performing. The exchange went something like this. Mimi... I know it may seem like I have the perfect life sometimes, but old has his share of problems too, sis. And I need someone I can talk to about them. Marin, well, shit, bro. Call me anytime. Mimi, I don't always feel comfortable or confident discussing my personal matters, like, verbally. But I would actually like to take this opportunity to chat with you a little about something serious that's been... On my chest for a very long time. Marin. Okay, well, I have time right now if you want to go into it. Mimi. Absolutely, I do. It's taken me a long time to come to this decision, and I don't want to understate the importance of what I'm about to share with you. I've thought of a million different ways to say it, but nothing ever sounded quite right. I used to be ashamed and embarrassed, I guess. But the overpowering truth that I've come to realize is that I really don't. Like being a guy, I want to be a woman. Marin. Ah, okay. Well, first of all, I hope you know that I 1,000% would stand behind you in any gender that you feel is right for you. But I also gotta ask, brother, are you being serious or joking with me? Mimi. 
Abby and now you are the only ones I've told this, but I would kindly ask you not to discuss it with her. But, uh, yeah, I've been pretty sure since I was really young. I just wanted to tell you, I've lost all interest in continuing on as a man. It's put such a strain on my life that it's time for me to really do something about it, Marin. Ah, well, that's a very big topic to discuss. I'd love to go more in-depth with you about this. It's just right now, this feels way out of left field. I mean, you've never given me the vibe that you were really struggling with your gender identity. Although, I guess I wouldn't even really know what to look for in someone who's struggling with their gender. Mimi. I am so sorry for blindsiding you with this, but as I said, it never seems like an appropriate time to bring up one's gender identity. It's unfortunate that I even have to. Marin. Hey, if this is something you're struggling with, I want to be there for you. If you change your name and pronouns, I want to know. Mimi, thank you, sister. That means a lot to me. The thing about gender is it's way more complicated than most people realize or even care to look into. There are many more ways to identify than just gay or straight, man or woman. In fact, that's what they call the binary. I'm going to have to go way more into detail with you about that later. But understand it's something I'm currently struggling to understand and just find my place in at all. Hence why I'm reaching out to you, my dear sister. Marin. Clearly, my lord. I thought everything involved with the divorce was the biggest weight on your shoulders, but this is the real issue at hand. So uh, one thing I'd like to know now is what are you going to do? Where do you see yourself in five years? And now that you've opened up a bit, can we please talk about it in person sometime? Mimi. Well, first off, Abby always said she'd divorce me if I transitioned, which I used to think was a bad thing. Now I see that that was inevitable all along. And transitioning to become a woman is exactly what I want to do now. Marin, right. Well, I can see that too. Truthfully, I can't blame her for feeling the way she does, but you have the right to live your life for you too in order to find your own happiness. I'm always happy to listen and be there for you every step of the way, no matter what you decide to do. I'd love to have a girl talk with you soon, big sis. Wink emoji. That was about the best that Mimi could hope for in coming out to someone. Her sister was supportive, thoughtful, and reacted appropriately. Lovingly. She made herself out to be an ally immediately. If someone ever comes out to you, try to react like that. They continued their private discourse for several weeks, Mimi slowly bringing her sister up to speed on everything she'd been experiencing and thinking over the years. How she came to realize she was trans. It was absolutely therapeutic to finally get it all out. Mimi also had two brothers, one in-state and one out-of-state. A few nieces and nephews, a mom and a dad, quite the extended cast of aunts and uncles and cousins, all with their own various reactions to the eventual news of Mimi's identity change. But there was a prevailing lack of knowledge amongst them about what it means to be transgender. Mimi saw it as her duty to inform them all. Though she would not enjoy it. Shortly after coming out to her little sister, Mimi knew her next target would have to be her mom. In the long list of family members to update, her mom was number two. And unfortunately for Mimi, she couldn't rely on text messages for this one like she'd done with her sister. 
Her mom was more or less a senior citizen and could barely text, let alone figure out how to do anything on her phone besides Facebook and solitaire. So Mimi summoned up all of her courage one sunny afternoon when her mom came over for a visit. It's an odd feeling knowing you're about to drop some huge secret on someone in the moment before you actually do it. It's like the entire visit up to that point had no meaning up until you deliver your big, life-altering announcement. Mimi waited until her mom was about to leave. But there was something in her downtrodden attitude that day, something about the way she lingered to her mom's vehicle, then opened the door and took a seat in the passenger side to continue their humdrum conversation. A Minnesota goodbye, it's sometimes called. That's when two or more people extend the parting portion of a goodbye to draw it out longer, to really milk those last moments you have together with someone before actually parting ways. So Mimi's mom could tell that something was up, because normally when Mimi said goodbye to her, it was quick. Okay, yeah, mom, bye, that kind of thing. Today was very different from that, and Mimi's mom asked if there was something else she needed to tell her. Mimi. Yeah, mom, there is something I've been meaning to tell you for a while now. I just told Marin about it last week, and I don't mind if the two of you talk about it between yourselves, but I'm still kind of selecting who I'm updating at this point. Um, anyway, yeah, let's get into it. Kiki. Skeptical, but supportive. Okay. Mimi. So, you know, Abby and I weren't working out as a married couple, and now I know why that is, was, whatever. It's because I... I didn't really enjoy being uh, a man. Kiki clearly doesn't know what the f*** to say. Okay. Mimi, I don't want to be a man anymore. I hate it. I want to be a woman. Kiki, really? Okay, really. Mimi, yes, mom. I want to stop being a man and transition to being a woman. That's what I'm going to do. Kiki, really? Are, are you sure? Mimi, yes, mom. I hate being the guy I am. I feel like no one really knows me. And worse, no one really cares about me. No one really likes me. Kiki, honey... I love you. Everyone loves you. Mimi. I get that, Mom, but everyone loves a fake person. Saying you love means nothing to me because I don't love and I don't want to be anymore. Kiki. Okay, sweetie. I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I want you to be happy. Mimi. The only way for me to be happy is to change. To stop being Kiki. I just don't want you to make a big decision and ruin your life, sweetie. Something like this you really need to think over before you rush into it. Mimi, I would never have told you this, Mom, if I didn't already know that it was something that I must do. I wouldn't have told you if it was still something that I could be talked out of. I've already started my transition. I started taking hormones three months ago. Cut to three months ago. Exterior, pharmacy drive-thru. Mimi drives up to the prescription pickup drive-thru window after probably waiting 30 minutes for the car ahead of her to leave. The pharmacist, a cisgender woman, comes to the window and speaks through a robotic-sounding intercom. Big Pharma, how can I help you? Mimi, um, picking up a prescription? Big Pharma, 
What's the birthday? Mimi. Uh, four, nine, eighty-seven? Big Pharma. Types on their computer. Let's see. Mimi. Yep. Big Pharma. Okay, it looks like we've got two prescriptions available for you. There's the spironolactone and estradol. Does that sound right? Mimi, in disbelief. Yeah, that's it. Big Pharma. Okay, do you have any questions for the pharmacist at this time? Mimi. Nope. Big Pharma. Great, your total today is... Mimi slid over her debit card and placed it in the automated teller drawer, which retracted and moments later spit back out the card in a small white paper bag with some additional papers stapled to it. Mimi thanked the teller and drove away from the window. She parked, grabbed the bag and tore it open, pulled out the orange prescription pill containers and examined their contents closely. The key to beginning her identity change, her gender transition, every physical transformation she'd ever fantasized about or dreamed of becoming was finally in the palm of her hands. She didn't wait a minute longer than she had to. She had a bottle of water, which she used to immediately swallow the larger Spiro pill, the vital testosterone blocker. Then, the fun one, the little blue estrogen pill. E, the titty skittles. Magic beans, folks, that's what they were. Mimi let that E dissolve on her tongue, savoring it, wishing that the changes it brought on could be instantaneous. She let the reality wash over her and sink in, immersed herself in this momentary victory. In this brief instant, she had momentarily won out over her lifelong fight with gender dysphoria. Her journey into real mental health began now. Hey everybody, it's me, the Ad Dad! This show is depressing as hell! So I'm here to tell you about Anchor.fm! Let me explain! If you haven't heard about Anchor.fm, it's the easiest way to make a podcast! And best of all, it's totally free! There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer! Or your phone. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you. So you can be on iTunes, Spotify, all of the coolest sites. And guess what else? You can even make money off of your podcast. With Anchor.fm, it couldn't be easier to make a podcast. Take it from me. So what are you waiting for? You don't want to make this ad dad a sad dad. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the show. Next up, more than mental health. The roadmap to caring for your own mental health is sometimes a bit confusing. Like you're able to see all the various destinations, but you can't see the roads connecting any of them or your exact location in all of it. And there are many, many roadblocks along the way. Depending on where you live, you may not even have access to healthcare that would allow one to transition their gender. It's simply not allowed, illegal, immoral. Mimi lived in the good old US of A and They have a somewhat more progressive take on the matter than most of the rest of the world. We have this wonderful, magnificent, helpful, potentially life-saving organization called Planned Parenthood. Oddly enough, a lot of stupid people want to close down this organization for good. But Planned Parenthood is here for good. And it was one of their doctors that prescribed Mimi her first dose of hormone replacement therapy. 
She learned about Planned Parenthood's gender-affirming healthcare shortly after beginning her regular therapy sessions at the University of Minnesota. The U of M has a great human sexual health department. Very progressive stuff. Much love for the trans and queer communities. Very supportive of alternative lifestyles overall. Before the pandemic really hit, Mimi had gone to a few in-office sessions with a therapist she saw several times in the beginning of her transition. It was awkward then for to sit and discuss these matters with another adult for the first time in his life. Cut to interior, therapist's office. Mimi enters the office behind a male therapist who shuts the door neatly behind him. He motions for Mimi to take a seat on the sectional couch while he opts for the rolling desk chair by the computer. Therabro. Okay, it's so nice to meet you. What is it you hope to accomplish out of our time here together? Mimi. Well, there's a lot to go over for sure. I don't even know where to start, really. Therabro checks his clipboard chart with Mimi's info. Yeah, I see that you're currently working through a lot of potentially stressful situations. You can start with whatever comes to mind first. Mimi. Well, obviously I'm here because I've spent way too long thinking about my gender and realizing that I want to transition and be this whole other person that I always thought I could be. This person that's very much like me, but better in every way, because she's a she. And a lot of people aren't really going to understand it or be on board with it. Some people might even come to hate me because of it or harass me about it. But there's some in my own family that I don't really have high hopes for them ever coming around to treating me with respect. Therabro, you wrote here that your wife is having trouble accepting this new aspect of yourself. I'm so sorry to hear that. That must be challenging for the both of you. Mimi, yeah, we're probably going to get divorced. I don't think she's going to suddenly come around to thinking of me as a woman. Mimi suddenly felt an onset of tears coming that she struggled to hold back. Therabro, again, I'm so sorry to hear that, but it's very brave of you to be taking these steps and moving forward in your transition. Have you decided how you want to proceed from here? Mimi, I want to start HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Everything I read about it online, every example of a man transitioning to a woman through the use of hormones and or surgeries, I saw and I liked and I wanted it for myself. I was always too embarrassed to tell anyone. So no one really knows. Or knew, yeah. Since my wife is the only person I've really discussed it with, and she's more or less against it. Therabro. So you're set on transitioning medically? Have you got a doctor's prescription yet? Or do you need a referral? Mimi. I'm going to see a doctor at Planned Parenthood next week and ask to start HRT. If they demand to see a note or something, can I get one of them from you? Therabro. Of course, I'll give you my card before you go. But knowing all of this about you, I feel like calling you isn't really correct anymore. Do you have a... Have you thought of a new name for yourself? Mimi. I have a few names in mind, yeah. Therabro. You want to pick one and try it out here with me? Mimi. Yeah, I I would like that. I think I've more or less decided on a name. I've whittled it down from a list of like 30. Mostly M names, since me and all my siblings all have M names. I don't know, it's something weird my parents did. Therabro. Okay, 
So what's the name? What do I call you? Mimi. You can call me Maggie. Though Mimi didn't end up staying with that particular therapist or name for many more sessions, it was a valuable experience and a necessary step in the overall grand identity changing process she was undergoing. Improving her overall state of mental health would be an ongoing endeavor, as it should be for most people. Next, more than goals. While achieving a healthy state of mind was one goal that would be an ongoing process happening in the background, there was an entire catalog of other goals and accomplishments Mimi would be striving for in her transition and identity change. She needed to put a lot of thought into each one. She needed to compile everything into some easy-to-understand, straightforward list of stuff to do, like some kind of to-do list for transitioning. Obsessing over details was something she was actually pretty good at. There's a lot to unpack here, so in no specific order, here's most of what you will need to do to not only begin transitioning, but to succeed and strive in your new identity. See a therapist, see lots of doctors, decide exactly how you want to transition, start HRT, think about future surgeries, if it's even possible, start to change the way you dress, grow out your hair, grow breasts, really hope you grow breasts, think about getting top surgery, think about getting bottom surgeries, think about shaving off all your body hair, stress out about your facial hair, get laser hair removal, buy makeup and figure that out, find a trans support group or community to fit in with, make friends, socialize, learn how to socialize all over again, figure out how to talk to people in person, figure out how to talk to my own family, figure out if I'm going to continue being a dad or if I'm going to be a mom. Figure out how to explain all that to my kids. If you even have kids, be there for them and be an active parent. Make everybody see you as a woman. To fully pass in public, update all legal documents with your new gender, new IDs, new bank accounts, new birth certificate, new name. Basically change everything about you. Crap, Mimi still hadn't settled on a new name yet. See, at this point, she still didn't even know she was a Mimi. She was still somewhere between Maggie and Miranda. Maybe a Maisie. Definitely an M name. Missy? There's obviously a lot to do when one decides to change their identity, but the truth is that everyone transitions differently. There's really no set way to do it. You could do HRT or not. You could get whatever surgeries you want or not. Wear makeup or don't. Alter your voice or don't. It's your gender. Do what you want with it. Whatever you're expressing, however you do it, it'll be just fine because it's an authentic you. In Mimi's case, specifically, she really wanted to be recognized and treated as a woman by all. 30-some years as a man taught her that she couldn't be her true self until she was seen as a girl. Bit by bit, she would turn the dial on the spectrum of her gender. Get out of those male frequencies... Set the dial as far into gender-neutral territory as she could crank it for now. Figuring out how to push it further into female tuning would require a lot of work still. She'd start out with those basic steps I just outlined. Get to work on the legal name change. That'd be a good start, she thought, to getting people to call her by a new name and pronouns. But the biggest goal of Mimi's would still be a far-off dream. It was a fairly simple and broad goal. One that she'd wanted for most of her life, regardless of her identity. Though that, of course, played a key role in the prolonged setbacks of reaching this goal. The biggest change Mimi wanted to see in one day completing her transition and identity change was to simply be surrounded by friends that understood her worth and desired her company. Good friends who cared about her on a deeper level than the ones she'd previously been accustomed to. Simply put, she wanted to feel like the people in her life truly liked her 
and really wanted her company. That's it. Be a good girl. Not be so lonely. Stop being sad, boy. Start being happy girl. How hard could that be? Cut to Mimi's house. Interior. Like a year ago, Mimi is standing in her bathroom before the mirror. She's holding a foreign object she's unfamiliar with. A small black elastic hairband rolls between her fingertips. How to unlock its mystic secrets. She wonders as she slips it through a long lock of hair growing off the top of her head. Mimi. At least hair growth isn't a problem for me. She says this aloud, although it's only to herself. The bathroom door is shut. In the living room not far away, she can hear the TV loudly blaring Dave and Ava nursery rhymes. A baby crying. Another toddler causing a ruckus. Abby yells something. She needs something. Mimi does her best to tie a long lock of hair into a ponytail. It looks like... I can't describe what's hardly even there. She exits the bathroom. Abby is frustrated. She had a tendency to get overwhelmed and stressed out with the kids. They both did. Of course they did. Two depressed people with high anxiety and two small children had every right to be. Abby sees Mimi and the revulsion shows on her face immediately. Abby, you look like an idiot. You need to get a haircut. Do it this week. I don't want to go anywhere with you looking like that. What? Do you think you look cute or something? You don't. You look so stupid. I hope you're not wearing it like that at work. Is this that transgender thing again? You're never going to look like a girl. Mimi, what do you want? Abby, I'm sick of breastfeeding. I just want to be done with it. We're switching over to formula. I don't care if the doctors think it's too soon for it. Mimi, okay, whatever. You want me to go get you a bottle? The baby starts to cry obnoxiously. Abby, yeah, I think it's time for one. I wanted to go to the library after her nap, but I don't want you to come with looking like that. Mimi slinks off to make her baby a bottle. She takes it to the living room and sits down with her kids, takes the fussy baby into her lap and feeds her the bottle, watches her oldest play curiously with magnets on the floor. Abby leaves the room and goes to the garage to smoke a cigarette. Mimi, I don't really want to be around you either, she says to Abby after she's gone. She looks at the dull reflection of herself in the living room TV. She looks at himself. Mimi, I don't really want to be around you either. Next, more than dad. Cut to, a year later, same room. Some of the furniture is gone, but everything else is the same. Mimi sits on the couch in the living room. Her oldest daughter plays at a desk that Mimi found for free on Craigslist. She got it from a lovely lesbian couple that called her she and her. What a nice experience. The room doesn't feel so empty with the desk full of coloring books and paint supplies. The baby is currently secured, stationed inside a padded jail cell made up of pillows and blankets. Recently, she's learned to stand. Abby is no longer in the picture. Mimi still had mixed feelings about the way things ended. Wondered if their relationship could ever be repaired. Hoped they'd get along and manage to successfully co-parent together. Mimi's oldest approaches her. Lou. Daddy, can we go to the zoo today? Mimi. I'm sorry, sweetie, but the zoo is still closed. Do you remember what I told you about the scary virus? Lou. Yes, I remember Coven. Mimi. Yeah, Covid. It's still out there and it's not safe to go out yet, hon. Not until our leaders figure out how to fix it. Mimi rolls her eyes. She expects they'll spend most of the year indoors. In that small living room, 
That was actually fine with her. Lou, can we still play? Mimi, oh my gosh, yes, sweetie. We can play all day, every day. Lou, on the days we're together. Mimi, that's right, whenever we're together. Mimi feels tears coming. She stands and moves out of sight. Can't let her kids see. She goes to the kitchen instead, hoping neither of them follow. Mimi, you want some juice, sweetie? Lou, yes, please. I would like to go to the zoo again. Mimi, don't worry, hun. I promise we'll go to the zoo next year. Lou, we will? And we'll see the monkeys and the penguins and the tigers? Mimi cries as she distracts herself, filling a sippy cup with juice. We'll see them all, sweetie. (laughs) We'll see them all. I promise. She wipes away the tears and returns to her daughter's side. Hands her the cup. Mimi. Listen, sweetie, I know it's a big change living in two different houses, but now you get two of everything. Two parents that love you, two bedrooms in two different houses, two birthday parties, like a million different Christmases. Lou laughs and the two cuddle on the couch. The baby falls asleep sucking on her bottle. Everything is temporarily as perfect as can be. There is no mom. There is no dad. There is only a loving family. Mimi. Remember, I always love you, kiddo. That don't go away when we're not together. Hey, have I ever told you? Do do you know how much I love you? Lou. How much do you love me? Mimi. (laughs) How much do I love you? I love you all the much. All the much. The whole much and nothing but the much. And that was very true indeed. Next up, more than gender. There was one thing Mimi desperately wanted to make clear. To anyone willing to listen. To her family. To her ex. To all. Gender is a lot of things. Much more than most people realize. It's an entire complex system comprised of many, many different factors. Experiences, influences, expressions. It's subtle, it's obvious, it's challenging and baffling and mesmerizing. It's playful, it's mysterious. Your gender is what you make of it. It's yours to command, to do with what you would. To express yourself in the most natural way that makes sense to you and you alone. The way that makes you happy. Here's a silly but hopefully helpful analogy. People usually like analogies. So think of gender like this. Gender is a huge playground. One that most humans are forced into playing on. What's in this playground? Well, a whole lot of stuff if you really start to look around, but what's most prominently featured are these two enormous sections. There's a slides section, and then there's a swing sets section. Those two categories take up most of the playground. If you're staring at the playground from the outside, chances are you're looking at a slide or a swing. And that's cool, because people friggin' love slides and swings. People are often divided into two tribes, swing people and slide people. And sometimes they just get so into their thing, they really love doing it. And they never look at any of the other playground equipment, because they don't need it. 
extremism forms inside the two tribes. People who think slides are the superior playground experience try to attack or oppress people on the fringes of the playground, try to assert their dominance over the swing set people, the other largest grouping on the playground. Now, let's examine how one enters the playground, because there are two entrances to the playground, one behind the slide section and one behind the swing set section. And whatever side you enter the playground from is the side that you are immediately unquestionably recruited into. They hold you there, and they tell you that you can't cross the playground to the other side, and they warn you not to explore the edges of the playground, because that's where all the deviancy and danger happens. Oh, and another thing. You didn't get to choose which entrance to the playground you went through. You were just sort of pushed through. If you ended up with the slides and you didn't like that, well, that sucks. Because according to most people, you're branded a slide person for the rest of your life. It would be weird for you to try to enjoy the swings. Uh, your feelings on the matter are apparently irrelevant. The sooner you realize you have free reign to travel anywhere you choose on this playground, the better off you'll be in your identity change, in your transition, in expressing your gender the way you want. It's a playground. Play. It's a buffet. Pick and choose and make your own plate. It's a water park with tons of different pools, not just the big two. And you can dip your toes or you can do a cannonball in whichever body of water you so choose. You just gotta do it. Learning how to properly express one's gender was essential in life. And Mimi often thought about exactly how she should do it. How to inform others. She thought about it as she penned another letter to her family. There were family members she couldn't bring herself to approach the topic with yet in person. Her brothers, her father, the extended family. Easier to just do it in a Word document, mass blasted out to everyone. One quick update. Just, hey guys, by now you might have heard about the divorce. Yeah, that's still happening as planned. And oh, by the way, I'm changing my gender. Nothing unusual there. She consulted with her sister again as she constructed this letter, formed the text group in her phone's app of everyone essential to that big update. She kept it sort of brief and totally serious in tone. She titled the subject line, Family Updates. And it went sort of something exactly like this. Family. Some serious decisions have been made recently between Abby and me, and I want to give you an update to how our family will be changing this year. We feel now is the right time to announce our divorce. Though it may seem sudden, we have been debating it for over a year, and it seems that both she and I would be happier living apart from one another. She is still an incredibly important person to me, and as mother of my children will always hold a special place in my life. We are going to be civil to one another as much as possible, and it is important to me that everyone still be respectful and kind to her. We will both need your support starting our lives over and raising our kids. Our reasons for settling on a divorce are numerous, but can best be summed up by saying that over our eight years together, we grew apart instead of together, and our ability to coexist while making each other happy diminished. 
Over the course of my life, I've struggled silently with depression and distressing thoughts. I kept up the appearance that everything was fine, but I felt I was always performing and that it couldn't possibly last. That's not to say I'm unhappy with the outcomes I've arrived at, and I am so proud of the family that I made. My two daughters are the most important thing to me in the world, and I will cherish, support, and protect them for the rest of my life. But I was dishonest and distant to Abby and the people that matter the most in my life. Now is the right time for honesty. From a young age, I've felt something is different about me. I have never been satisfied with myself, especially my body. It was only in the last year that I came to see my situation with more clarity. And through various means, I have found the solution to my problem. This may, or maybe not, come as a surprise to you, but I've never felt right about my gender. I've perpetuated an act like I'm a normal guy, but I've always felt more comfortable identifying as a girl. That's why I've decided that now is the time to make a huge change and start living as a woman. No kidding, I am really starting the transition. I'm done with the closeted, secretive, dishonest way I've been living. I'm done lying to myself that things can get better if I continue to ignore this. I can no longer live with the torment I feel every time I look in a mirror. I feel my relationships have suffered greatly from this, and while this may seem like an unnecessary or even selfish desire, I am certain this is the path I must walk to regain my sense of self. Perhaps some of you will have difficulty accepting this revelation. Please know that I am deadly serious and that spreading trans awareness happens to be a passion of mine. If you don't consider yourself an ally to the LGBTQ people of the world, I'd hope for just one opportunity to make you reconsider that stance. It is my passion to spread awareness of these matters. I wish only for love, peace, and a little more understanding for a marginalized and stigmatized minority to which I now belong. I'm happy to share more on what exactly all of this will mean for me going forward, but for now, I ask you please be patient with me and be respectful and supportive of the changes that I intend to make. Uh, thank you, and I love you all. She ended the email with an M, agonized over the words, composition, details, hovered over the send button, and stressed out about everything to come. <sighs> to hell with all that, she thought. I'm doing this. She clicked send, and her world slowly began to change. Last, more than different, Mimi waited patiently for the changes to come. No one transitions overnight. Everyone goes at their own pace. Eventually, she hoped, she'd feel more confident in expressing these changes, in making herself more known. She'd been different from a young age. Maybe some adults saw it in young Mimi. Maybe some of the kids she interacted with at high school noticed it. Who knows, really? Mimi had always felt a little different, from other little boys, from most of her peers in general. She was ultra-curious, 
She was imaginative and playful. She was obsessed with small details. She noticed things most others didn't pay attention to. She always had a sly comment on hand to make others laugh. She was anxious and had trouble sitting still. Difficulty focusing on one topic for very long. Had a hard time caring about things that didn't interest her, like math or being a boy. So unlike her peers. Always with a funny thought in her head. Always reading a book. Always losing herself in stories. Always acting silly. Always making others laugh. Always making others smile. Acting like a jackass. Saying goofy stuff that no one would expect. Being different felt good to Mimi from very early on. But then an odd thing happened. Mimi grew up. And she no longer felt so different. The differences were still there, hidden beneath the surface. But a lifetime of being forced into an identity, revolving around the wrong gender expression, had forced her to stuff all those differences deep down inside her. To cover them up, to hide them, to blend in with her peers. Doing so caused her a lot of internal damage. Poor mental health. Constant embarrassment, believing that there was something wrong with her. But embarrassment is just diet shame, and no one need live with that. Mimi longed to be different again. Different in the right ways. Different in her own way. She saw things she liked she wanted for herself things she could add to herself, copy, but not exactly imitate. Just absorbing bits and pieces until she was something entirely new. Entirely her own thing. Her own unique version of me. Hopefully, you don't have to struggle to find your version of you. Hopefully, when you find your me, you don't have to work to establish it quite as hard as those of us who have to make up for the lost time. Those of us who had to prove were more than what we look like, more than what we are. There was a constant narration going on round the clock inside of Mimi's head. She had long since learned how to live with her OCD, but obsessive thoughts had plagued her throughout her whole life. Focusing and controlling those thoughts was always a function, running in the background of her brain. In order to better focus her intentions and stay on task, she developed a new theme to run with. Not different enough. Gotta keep going. Gotta be more different. Just keep on being different. After all, there was still so many experiences she had yet to experience. And the only way to unlock those particular life experiences was by being so incredibly different from her current state. I used to think I was so different. Then I met a bunch of people like me and learned that they were going through many of the same stuff that I was going through. And suddenly, for the first time in my life, I didn't feel so different anymore. And that was weird. So now I just keep thinking, I need to be more different. And so I became queer as fuck. Maybe you don't want to be different. Maybe you don't want to identify quite so loudly as I do as a queer Maybe you just want to blend in and appear totally normal from an outsider's point of view. However you choose to identify yourself, you should simply strive to be one thing. Happy. Listen, the only gender, the only sexuality, the only identity that anyone listening to this should really care about 
is their own. Because if you have thoughts or feelings or concerns about your stuff, that's okay. That's normal. That's good. But if you have problems with someone else's gender or sex or whatever, that's not okay. That kind of makes you a dick. Depending on the situation, try to remember that gender is just another adventure in life, and you can choose how exciting an adventure it is. So everyone just chill the f*** out. We're all just experiencing our genders however we want. We're all doing it as individuals. Stop giving others a hard time for their individual experiences, and let's all get along, okay? It doesn't matter who or what you are. Adventure belongs to everyone. All Mimi wanted was to be more than some guy. More than some sad man she'd been forced to live as for so long. More than an actor forever regretting being cast in a role that they no longer desired to play. More than a boy? More than average. More than a him? More than a her. More and more different from how I used to be, more like how I long to be, and even more different still. More than the past me and more than the present me. More than myself. More than me. Me, me, me. All she ever thought about was me, me. Hmm. Me, me. On the next episode of More Than Mimi... Mimi picks her new name as she settles her divorce with Abby. She continues to reinvent herself in new and exciting ways while mingling with her family and friends, all at varying levels of support for her recent announcements. Hear how they all react next time on More Than Mimi Episode 2, More Than Changes. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you'll come back and hear what happens next. I'm more than excited to share it with you. 